0: G'day, guys, and welcome back to episode 47 of the Bradley J. Driver Experience. I'm your host, Bradley J. Driver, but you can call me Brad. You can call me the pilot, the man in charge. You know what? Stand atop your table and chant, Oh, Captain, my Captain. If it sits well with you, it sits well with me. And I'll tell you what, today's guest is going to get you thinking deeply about your mental health and life itself. Before I introduce him, I want to give you a quick reminder about my event on December 12th. It's 42 for CF. What does that mean? Well, in July, it was actually the 22nd of July, I was in the emergency department for the third day in a row, coughing up blood. Um, My cystic fibrosis had presented a little hurdle for me to overcome and I decided in that moment that was the best opportunity to show the power of a positive outlook on life and just a great work ethic. So I decided that before the end of the year, I'd run a marathon for Cystic Fibrosis Australia. Within the space of six weeks, I've conquered 25 Ks. I conquered my first 30 yesterday, and we're on that train. We're moving in the right direction for December 12th. And it's been awesome to see the support that's coming in for Cystic Fibrosis Australia in the form of donations, but also people just getting behind the event and getting active, and it's what we love to see. This is literally changing the lives of young kids with CF who've been able to follow on and see that there is more to their life and the condition they were born with that they're in control of it, and they can achieve anything they want to in life with a great outlook. So I ask you all to get behind this event. It means the absolute world to us. You'll see in the show notes, we've got a donation link. All that money goes to Cystic Fibrosis Australia for the research, development, and advocacy of literally life-saving drugs here in Australia. So it means the world to me if you could get behind it and get out there and get active. You know, Your health is the greatest thing you can ever have in your life, and you've got one body, so look after it. But enough about that, and onto today's guest. If you're on socials, I'm sure you've heard of the man, Sam Webb. He's the co-founder of Livin, the organization. That's L-I-V-I-N, as Matthew McConaughey would say. And these guys have got an awesome story and just an unbelievable mission statement behind this organization. He's got amazing personality, a brave heart, If you enjoy a bit of time in front of the telly at night, like I do, you may recognize him from Survivor. And I've heard so many amazing things about this guy and the work he's doing. And we're gonna hear about it all here today. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to introduce Mr. Sam Webb. How are you, brother?
1: Mate, Bradley, thank you very much for the warm, warm introduction. Uh, I'm very grateful to be here today. Very grateful to be on the podcast with you today and great work on, on your behalf, man, spreading the, the CF message far and wide into your own communities. I think that's a testament to, to what you're doing. And, uh, and it's great to, great to hear that mate. And I wish you all the very best for your, for your marathon and well done on the 30 kilometer milestone stone, man. That's, that's amazing. That's a, that's some good hours under the feet, man. And, um, not everyone can do that, so well done,
0: mate. I appreciate it. I'll tell you what, actually, funnily enough, on the on the run talk, it was probably a couple of weeks ago after I just announced you were coming on the show. I was looking at your story, and you said oh, I'm going to head out and have a have a real crack at a 5k, getting a good time. And you know, I thought, oh, might go sub 20. He looks like a fit guy, and bro, you ran 17 something. I was like, this yeah, guy's mate. an animal,
1: <laughs> mate. I was um, I've been training pretty hard, mate. I like to. You know, exercise is a, is right up there on the top of my to do list for when it comes to self care and, and and looking after my own mental health or wealth, so to speak. And um I'd been working I'm in a I'm in a an accountability group actually who who we all keep each other accountable on these five K and it was a challenge for that month. And um, mate, yeah, my, my first time at the start of the month I think was I was running about four minutes 19 four minutes 18 i think somewhere around that for the for the kilometer yeah. over the 5k and then yeah my my faster time which i had to beat was at the end of the month that i made i surprised myself absolutely i ran in the threes mate i was flying but um mate it felt good but those long distance runs that you're doing man it's they're a whole different beast altogether as well
0: yeah just time and the legs bro Time and the legs but mm. look let, let's have a chat about everything you're doing and you're doing you are doing a lot of amazing things i should say and you know, most people will know you from living and you know, before I even knew you and knew you were the face behind it. I remember hearing about this for years. I know it's been something that was really popular in the footy community, especially up there in Queensland. I remember seeing a lot of the boys, a lot of the Broncos boys actually rocking some of the Livin' kit um, back in the day and and still to this day. And I knew there was something important behind this business and I'd kind of heard the message, but until I really looked into it and you know, part of my journey on this podcast as the host has been to hold some really powerful conversations around mental health which you know honestly it's something i've not personally struggled with but i've had a couple mates who have been through some stuff and had some rough times and it's made me more curious to look into this and understand how we can better evolve as a community and as a group of people to support those around us and i love what you're doing so give us a i guess a bit of a background of how this all started
1: and where livin was born mate yeah absolutely and for those of the people who are listening that have never heard of livin before um i'm gonna take this moment to give you a little bit of backstory as to how it all began and why it all began is probably the most important part of it all we lost a a very dear friend in the name of dwayne lally on september 15th of 2013 um to paint a a picture of dwayne he was the life of the party uh, from an outside looking in, you know, he, he had it all together. So it seemed, you know, very talented at, at sports, you know, he, he had a great friendship circle, an amazing family and, and a really, really healthy, you know, good community around him. And um, Dwayne suffered with depression and bipolar disorder for a number of years. And like a lot of us young guys, we, we hide the pain extremely well. And, you know, Dwayne was, was a master at that you know, only, only very few people in, in, in his circle or in his life really knew to the extent as to how serious his mental health struggles and battles were. And, um, I was on the receiving end of a conversation the night of September 14th, 2013. And, um, I was at a party at at Dwayne's house, actually having a barbecue, watching some football. And, um, it was a fun night. We had, there was a fair few people there and a very long story short, Dwayne and I had a conversation that evening around, um, you know, his, his particular situation, um, from a mental health perspective. And, you know, he opened up to me that night and shared with me on, on a deeper level, something that I didn't even know what to say. You know, he told me that he would tried to take his life twice before. And I, you know, I didn't see that, that coming at all. It was the last thing I would have ever expected from my good mate and the life of the party, the guy that's always on the guy, that's always making other people happy. Um, he's always up for a good time. Uh, I, you know, I really didn't know what to say. And although I'd had my own mental health battles prior and I, and I've, you know, mental illness is something that's close to my heart, both personally and through my family, Um, I still couldn't, you know, I still couldn't pick out the warning signs and symptoms. I'm not an expert, you know, I'm a mate. And I thought I listened as best as I possibly could have. And I, and I thought I said everything that I possibly could have said. And Dwayne being Dwayne, the man that he was reassured me that life was great. And from that moment onwards, everything looked bright and promising. And, you know, I remember him reassuring me he'd never do that again. You know, he's in a great place. He, had, he knew he had an amazing network. He said he would reach out to me if he was ever suicidal. And I remember his last words were Bradley to me. The last words that Dwayne said to me that night was, don't worry, Webb, I'm fine. That were the last two words that I heard from my good friend that night. And I didn't realize that moment, you know, moments later that he was going to go off to take his own life. And that was the last time I saw Dwayne in living, you know, in living proof. And the the impact that Dwayne's life had an entire community was life changing. And I realized that for a lot of people, that mantra on fire masks, a lot of pain for a lot of people. So um, Casey and myself started living in Dwayne's honor and um, yeah, it sort of grew from there. And I'm, I'm happy to share about the ins and outs, how it started, where it started, um, who was behind it and all that sort of stuff. But it's all centralized around breaking the stigma around mental health through, through, you know, having good conversations like we are right now talking about stuff on a deeper level that we can connect with and not being worried about, you know, judgment or stigma or feeling like you're, you're less than, you know, because everyone fights battles for the most part that not a lot of people know about. And Dwayne's death was a, was a wake up moment for me in particular. And I realized, you know, for, for myself in particular, that I had to, to make some changes in my own life and, and sharing my journey and my story. And hopefully we can we can keep spreading that message and, and saving more lives.
0: And, you know, it's unfortunate because it's it's sort of the pain and the understanding that we all unfortunately have at the moment. You know, 2020 has been one of those years where I know, especially here in my local area in the Wollongong, Illawarra region, we've had a lot of young people um, take their own lives. And a lot of those have been connected to, friends of mine and, and family and it's been it's been really hard to see and to watch to to think that at one point in time these people just couldn't couldn't open up to those around them or, or tried and just couldn't seem to to get those feelings off their chest and and you know what i mean have the comfort of others to get them through and it's really terrible because i find that in today's age we're seeing that more and more consistently and mm. one thing I've, I've loved is seeing you know people like yourself start to open up the conversation, share their own experience. I think sharing your own experiences and your own struggles really allows others to open up around you. So, mate, I'll give you a lot of credit for that. But, you know, it's, it's kind of the story we've all come to know, you know, a guy like Dwayne, who's so happy and so bubbly, one of those characters that you'd never expect is kind of the people that, that tend to hide it the best. And it's obviously taken you guys on to do big things from there. And I know, you know, I heard some of the origin story in the first episode of your podcast where you spoke about, you know, how you began with the organization. It, it was sort of to sell a bit of merchandise and raise money for mental health at first, wasn't it?
1: Mm, yeah, it was, mate. Well, at Dwayne's Dwayne's uh, wake, um, we'd had shirts, T-shirts done up for Dwayne. And, and it had his face on there and it had uh, one of his favorite uh, song quotes out of Xavier Rudd's song, Follow the Sun and the Birds, I think, along those lines. And we got them printed up and, and every single person, you know, Dwayne, you know, celebrated in style and in his honor and everyone was wearing the T-shirts. And in, you know, we went to donate that money back to Dwayne's family um, to help support some of the costs around his funeral service and everything else and put it to good use. They sort of said, Dwayne, uh, sorry, said, Sam and Casey here, you guys keep the money and do what you think's right with it and try and make something about, make something happen from it. So, um, you know, long story short, Dwayne always used to say, we're living man, we're living. It was one of his, you know, life mantras. Um, and so we started living in Dwayne's honor and it literally started man in in one of my little spare bedrooms, um, or slash kitchen back on the Gold Coast with just getting a couple of t-shirts and then they sort of sold and everyone's a part of living man that's the thing you know living wouldn't be where it is today without the support that we have from so many people and it goes all the way back to the very first day like the friendship circle that were there certainly not just Casey and I doing our thing you know we might have been driving the ship so to speak or you know doing the best weekend but there was a lot of support, man. There was a lot of help. We had teachers, we had friends of friends, we had people coming in and supporting the mission believed in what we were trying to do. And, and so we started building the movement up from there. And you know, I say this and I'll say it again, living wouldn't be where it is today without the support that we get from so many people from so many walks of life. And it's a, it's a lot of hardship, man. It's a lot of tragic, tragic circumstances that take for people to join the living movement. But I hope that at the end of it all, we're able to create some really good in, you know, stories and save some lives and, um, make a real impact. And that's, that's what we're here to do.
0: mate. I can see you're definitely doing that. And I think you're only going on to do bigger and better things, which is really exciting and really powerful for this movement. You know, where it all where it's all sort of come to now is a lot of programs and a lot of things that are being quite active and, and on the forefoot of trying to tackle these issues early. Explain to me about how you began with that, the, the education side of things and, you know, going into schools and holding workshops and programs.
1: Yeah, mate, it's, a, it's one of those things, I guess, as we were growing up as young men and young guys going through, you know, I was, I was just in a normal high school on the Gold Coast, uh, as was Casey and um, our friendship circle, we're all, we all knocked around in football, surfing and all that sort of good stuff. And we'd all know pretty well about physical health, you know, keep yeah. fit exercise, eat pretty good foods, but no one really ever taught us about mental health. What are some really basic warning signs that you could look out for in a friend or within yourself um, that could help you be proactive rather than reactive to your mental health? Um, And we never had that growing up. So we couldn't really identify that within our friendship circles or even in our families. And I can tell you from my own experiences, having my own challenges, um, earlier on and before Dwayne's passing, I, you know, I used to try and blame it on other things. You know, I never used to accept or, you know, I was in denial about how I was feeling and I was trying to blame it on other things. But deep down behind all that, you know, when I look back at it, it was really bad anxiety and depression, you know, and yeah. um, the workshop sort of stemmed from that. We wanted to give back to young people what we didn't have growing up that we feel if we were armed with, we could have made a real change. Maybe the outcome could have been different with Dwayne. Uh, and a lot of the other stories that we hear time and time again, as you as you mentioned, um, but the programs are seriously a 45-minute live and well uh, interactive workshop slash program where we teach young people in stu- in terms of students, you know how to look out for support, you know what to do to look after yourself during times of you know struggles and challenges. What are some self-care strategies that you could do? Really simple self-care stuff that, you know, we teach people that forget about them how they can live better lives. And, you know, one of the most important parts is where to seek help, you know, if you're struggling. A lot of people don't actually know, Brad, where, where to seek professional help from. We all hear about it being out there, but no one actually knows exactly how to do it. So we're trying to, we're trying to give that back through a 45-minute program called The Living Well. Um, and we also run it through organizations, workplaces and schools. And, you know, that that, that is the impact of, of what we do. So the sale of merch, Um, will help support students getting put through these programs for free.
0: I love that mate. And I think, you know, you know, with anything in life, the earlier people are taught and the earlier people become comfortable, um, with, with their own body and their own health and their mind, the easier it is to have those conversations as they get older. And you know, I'm 24, I'm not sure how old you are Sam, but I know in my youth, in my school days, it was kind of taboo. You didn't really talk about mental health you know, it was, it wasn't a conversation that ever really come up or was ever present. And I know that I'm blessed that none of my mates ever had any struggles personally, because I wouldn't have known how to figure it out or how to play it. And I think as I've gotten older, you know, that conversation has become a little bit more comfortable and I'm blessed now that I'm just in a circle of amazing mates who are really comfortable opening up to each other and are checking in on each other on a really close level all the time. And Make, I'm blessed to have that support, but I know everyone doesn't. And I think mm-hmm. that's why it's an amazing initiative that you have going on there. Talk to me about, you know, origins within Australia an Aussie boy. And you may have spent, I think I may have heard you spent some time in the U S earlier on in your life. And yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Talk
0: to me about the inspiration to take living um, to the next level over to the U S
1: Well, mate, living still very much, um, there's a lot of work that we got to do back in Australia. Um, I guess, you know, there's a lot of space for a lot of, a lot more work that can be done in this space. You know, it's still early days. Um, We are seeing more conversations take place, um, but there's still a lot of stigma that surrounds mental ill health um, for the most part. And... a lot of work that Livin needs to do in particular in australia in remote communities in regional areas and we're going to continue doing that Um, my move to the states was to try and spread the message far and wide obviously i'm gonna i run a a host of podcast under living similar to what you're doing um so that we try and spread the message that way um but given given the current climate with COVID and stuff some of the things have been put on hold and you know we're still we're still diving very deep into the australian into the Australian market with everything that we do at Living for the time being. Um, but when the time's right, man, we want to get this on a global scale because I believe that this message isn't defined by one geographic, you know, geograph- geographic, geographic le- location, so to speak. Um, it's a, it's a worldwide problem and it's an issue that, you know, I can see here in the States it's very prevalent and, um, yeah, we just got to crawl before we walk, walk before we run. And, 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 our, our real goal is to save lives. As I said earlier, um, and we, we can't do this on our own. You know, we've had a lot of support over the years and I'm I'm blown away by the support from our team who put in so much work and effort back in Australia to make all of this, you know, happen. It's, you know, I don't know how to thank enough people, you know, we, we're just doing the best that we can um, so that we can stop other people taking the same path that Dwayne did. And, uh, stopping that that ripple effect that affects so many families and so many people that are left behind. You know what's all a
0: bit confusing and scary? Buying your first home and getting your first loan approved. You see, I'm 24 and I bought my first property last year. Even as an agent at the time, there was so much I didn't know about finance because we aren't taught these things at school. You see, I'm blessed now because one of my best mates, Zachary Bidoff, is a mortgage broker. And now that I'm self-employed, I have to be smarter with my money. So I sat down with Zach to refinance my loan and to get the absolute best deal I could. And it's saving me money every week. You see, the great thing about Zach is he's 28 years old, super relatable, and he knows everything you need to about buying your first property. So whether it's pre-approval or refinancing that you need, head across to zacharybitoff.com or find the link in the show notes. Now you may be hearing that and thinking, I don't need a loan. Maybe you've already secured a home or investment property. I'm sure at the time you purchased that property of yours with purpose. For some, it serves as an investment. For others, it's a space that became a home for you and your family to enjoy. Whatever the reason, with each new beginning comes an end. The family grows, the next investment opportunity presents itself, or maybe it's just time to retire to a beachside apartment and enjoy your days at the local cafes. Regardless of your reason, you'll need an amazing agent to assist in the process and secure a result that allows you to financially facilitate the next purchase. My good friend Jake McKenzie is not only one of the kindest people on planet Earth, but he's a bloody great real estate agent too. A reputation built on the back of exceptional results in the Illawarra region and great morals in each of his property transactions, you can't go wrong in calling on Jake McKenzie for your next property sale. Call Jake on 04 double one. 574 568 or head to the show notes for all of his contact details as you all know i've been pushing the body to its limits training for 42 for cf before i started my program i'd never run more than 6k and within six weeks i was able to run 25 kilometers it's amazing to see what the body is capable of but at the same time with crazy progress and increased stress on the body come some of those little injuries or little fires that need to be contained and put out, just to ensure that I keep moving in the right direction. Any runner knows that lower limb issues are almost a certainty when you lace up the sneakers and pound the pavement. That's why I reach out to a specialist to maintain my lower limb health. Sanjay Parisher is the owner and specialist at the Foot and Ankle Clinic of Australia. With his guidance, I've been able to manage my lower limb injuries, to keep the ball rolling and the legs clocking over the case for all you runners and athletes head over and check out their website in the show notes or call 1300 030324 to book your appointment at one of their many locations and find the cause of your lower limb issues oh mate that's amazing mate you're doing amazing work You know, one thing when I announced that you were coming on the show is I had so many people message me, bro, saying he was our favourite on Survivor. Uh Admittedly, I didn't see that season of Survivor, but I've heard amazing things about the way that you held yourself. And I think, you know, it's one thing to be, you know, that composed, calm character that is in your position now, having a really positive impact on people, but then to be thrown into a situation like that where you're deprived of food, you're challenged, it becomes a game of, of mental challenge and trying to outplay your contestants. And the one thing I continually heard about you was just you're a good bloody human from start to finish. And I think that speaks volumes of your character. Talk to me about how that experience on national TV in such a confrontational environment helped the, the brand and the organisation to spread that message a little bit further.
1: Yeah, mate. And and thank you for that. I mean, um, you know, it's, it was a, I was grateful to be able to have done that, you know, done that show. Um, it was such a wonderful experience, man. I had so much fun and, um, you know, it was a once in a lifetime thing. I stepped out of my comfort zone. I put, you know, everything that I preach on the line, I wanted to step out of of my comfort zone, try something that I was so, so shit scared to do. And, you know, I was lucky to get cast in that. Out of 15,000 people, I was one of 24 castaways. I was stoked. It was an amazing experience. But you know how I liken to the game, Bradley? I mean, the game itself is built upon trust. You do not share with someone if you don't feel safe. But that's the same in life. You know, people aren't going to share with you how they really feel if they don't feel safe, if they don't trust you, if you're not making a safe space for them, if you're not vulnerable yourself. And that's one of the biggest takeaways I got from the game. I love the game challenges, physical challenges. Sure. That's what I, I'm great at that stuff. I've always been pretty good at sports and, and whatnot, but it was really all built and all around trust that game. You didn't have to be the strongest, fittest player to win. It was really all about your, your social game. Um, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of, time for me to digest everything that I experienced prior to, to 2016 with Dwayne's passing, trying to unpack my real story, where it started, where my passion started, um, my days of struggling, how that felt, where that got me in my life. What are the things that I need to fix up this time on this Island with no technology, I was stuck by myself for a lot of the time. I, I learned a lot about myself and a lot of the, about, you know, the things that I'm doing in my life and the, the reason why I'm doing the things that I'm doing.
0: I love that. And you know, 2020, I can really relate to that because 2020 has been a year of in the back end of 2019 exceptional growth for me personally. And you know, one thing I've come to learn is that until you fully understand yourself and you fully take care of your own personal health, mentally and physically, you can't help others. No, and that's true. one thing that you seem really good at. You seem like you're on top of things. You said that it's not always been the case. You had your struggles earlier on in life. But what are some of those tips and those things that you do to keep yourself in tip top shape to ensure that the way that you're feeling is positive and you project that onto those you're trying to help?
1: Mate, it's a really, really good question. And it's a timely one because, you know, we all go through our ebbs and flows of life. You know, I'm not talking about mental illness. Like 100%, I'm talking about trauma experiences in life, whether it's breakups, whether it's financial problems, whether it's relocating to a new country, whether it's just having a really bad week. We all have shit in our life that we have to deal with. And, and sometimes we don't know how to deal with them. And I'm, I've been fortunate over the years you know, to have hit rock bottom. And I say that from a good place because if I hadn't have reached rock bottom, I wouldn't know hard, hardly any of the stuff that I know today. That drove me to understand more about mental health, more about my mental health, more about what is it in my life that 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 I need to make me happy. What do I need in my life to be the best Sam Webb can be? You know, what are the things that don't work well for me? And over the years, I've I've put together more or less like a a playbook, so to speak, of the things that I know that work for Sam Webb. And one of those things, as I said, said earlier, exercise in in any form is has always been something that you know, I I greatly benefit from. And exercise could mean a leisurely walk around the block, could mean a run, it could mean sprints, it could mean strength workout, it could mean um, some form of movement, just anything. Sitting in here doing push-ups or sit-ups when I was in quarantine exercise at my top of my to-do list. But on top of that, you know, I realized that, you know, I had to get eight hours of sleep every night. because I realized if I was getting bad sleep, I couldn't perform at my best. It used to affect my days. I used to be in a mood and I wasn't my best self. So sleep's really important. I ended up cleaning up my, my, my healthy habits in terms of what I eat and what I consume in my body. It's just as important, you know, consuming clean foods as it is, you know, consuming clean media and and detoxing from social media and everything else. I put my phone away at certain times of the night and I don't look at it until the certain times of the morning. And they don't sleep, you know, they don't sleep next to me in my room by any means. Like little things like that I've realized that work for me, but what works for me doesn't work for everyone. Um, So I always tell people just work and try and find the things that fit you and make you feel good. And if it works, stick to them. And you know what, man? At some time throughout the journey, some of the things that have been working for me over the last few years have stopped working for me. Yeah. So I've had to really change that. And I've had to now step out of my comfort zone again. I've had to try new things. I'm reading the Bible. I've never been into the Bible in my entire life. Yeah. It's been something that my girlfriend's got me on uh, and made them open minded. It, it, I find a level of peace in that. It's new for me. I, I learn that and read that every morning. Okay? And, I'm, and I'm certainly not sitting here trying to push Jesus or. Um, Christianity onto anyone. Cause it's not about that at all. It's just, again, what works for me. Um, that's a, that's a new part of my life as is, you know, reading, I read a lot. Um, and I, and I, I'm starting, I'm starting to do a little bit of mindfulness. Um, believe it or not, I'm 32 years of age and, and I'm probably one of the, you know, I, I don't know how to slow down. And I've started to really think, okay, well, mindfulness might, might be my last option here. I have to try it because, you know, there are things in my life which, you know, I don't know how to slow down. I don't know how to calm down. And I feel if I find more peace in my life, I'll be better for everyone else and I'll be better for myself. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. And, um, you know, learning to deal with overwhelm is, is another is another challenge that I'm faced with quite regularly, but I've got my self-care mechanisms in place and um, I'm not afraid to ask for help, man, if I need it
0: that's awesome you know one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to there is you mentioned about reading the Bible and you said that you're not trying to push that sort of message and it's funny because I had this conversation on my pod I think it's episode 28 I had a, a good mate of mine who I grew up with he went to school with me he was a few years older than me and him and his family are heavily involved in church they're, they're pastors and some of the, the best most decent and honest human beings you'll meet and we're talking about faith and that experience of faith and what that means to people. And it was a new, new style of podcast for me. And I really opened up and shared something that I'd never shared with anyone before. And I'm not, I'm not, um, super like sort of religious or I don't really practice faith, but you know, back when my my family, my parents are divorced, but they're very close, they're still great mates. And I was sharing that back when I was probably 11 or 12 and they first separated for the first time I was faced with this uncertainty of, like, I don't know that my family, like my dad, I don't know if he's getting home from work safe, he was a copper. I don't know if mum's getting home from wherever she's been safe. And like that uncertainty of me not knowing that my family were sleeping in the same house and safe and healthy, like that used to kill me. And so what I started to do was I started to pray every night at like 12 or 13 years of age, that my family were safe, healthy, and happy. And I just used to say that every night before I put my head on the pillow and it just gave me like this, it just put my mind at rest. It just gave me this sense of certainty that everything was going to be okay. And no word of a lie. I think every day since then for the last 11 years, I've said that same thing before I go to bed every night. And even if you're not super religious or super faithful, I think where it comes into play is it gives you that sense of, of okay. Mm. It makes you feel like your mind's still, Everything's going to be all right. And I think if that sort of practice helps someone, you know, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, mate, well said. And that's exactly what what, what it's all about, you know. And a lot of the work that we do within Living, right, is, is around mental health, physical health, emotional health. But there's this last part that we don't really talk too much about, which is your spiritual health, right? And everyone's got their own spiritual health. And and some people believe in, in Christianity. Some people, you know, are tied to the land, you know, from an indigenous point of view. And I mean, each is to their own. And it's about what works for for each individual person. Um, but, mate, that's the exciting part of life, you know. It's about trying things, keeping an open mind, and and being okay with trying new challenges and new things in your life because things aren't always going to be the same. And for the people who are listening right now who are struggling, they don't know what to do or where to turn to and, um, they feel like they're at wit's end. I think one of the best takeaways I could probably give you right now is just to keep an open mind and don't give up on your self care journey, you know, cause things do have an expiration date and, and unfortunately you might not be exercising all your life. So you've got to have other things in place, you know, that are going to step in and probably be just as effective. I
0: agree.
1: And yeah, so that, that's, that's my, that's my thoughts behind it all, man. That's, that's where that's my, my input and my insights. Um, but yeah, self care is number one care and I agree with what you mentioned earlier. You, you you really can't be the best to anyone unless you're the best to yourself first.
0: Yeah. Definitely. You know, one thing for me, brother, and I can imagine that you have this same sense in everything that you do and this same feeling is you know, I left my job in April this year and I went from earning a pretty good wickets as a real estate agent. You know, greasy real estate agent selling houses, making money. Key <laughs> <to>, dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to pursuing a passion project and, and what I felt was my purpose. And, you know, I can't maintain this forever and it's changing now, but in the space of probably seven or eight months, I've earned about maybe 500 bucks, 600 bucks. One thing for me that has just spoken volumes is that in a time where I've earned, nowhere near as much money as I was. I'd probably have an extra 50 or 70 grand in my bank if I'd stayed doing what I was doing is this sense of helping people and having feedback from those who have been positively impacted or inspired by you and your story is maybe the greatest feeling you can ever have on earth. It's like Mm. the sense of, you know, getting a message from a kid with CF who's in hospital and has seen one of your training videos for your run. And you know, they've now got a positive attitude that once they get out, things will be better. And, they can get healthy again and get back on top of their things. Or you know, I've had family members say, you know, it's amazing to see that you've done so well with your health. You know, I've got a young kid with CF and it gives me hope for their future. That's greater than any, you know, statement in your bank account can ever mm. feel. Talk to me about that, that feeling that you get when you get to help people and continue to be that positive anchor for those that are having tough times.
1: Mate, amazingly said. And you know, I feel like, I had these epiphanies, day, you know, quite regularly, actually, where I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm living in West Hollywood right now, man, and this place is, you know, full of smoke and mirrors. So if you can imagine driving around this area, yeah, money's everywhere, right? And I oftentimes feel like I've got this wisdom from somewhere inside of me. I don't know where it comes from, but I feel like if I was, if I had everything in the world, materialistic, I'm talking about. Yeah. and all the money in the world, I don't think uh, it's, it wouldn't fulfill me. Like I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change what I'm doing for the world. I'm very, very grateful with, with the position I'm in. I would do everything and I would t- take back everything that I've done and everything that we've done as a family in terms of living and a community to obviously have Dwayne back, but that isn't possible. Um, the feeling of helping people, it is good. You, you can't. It's it's really hard to describe, and I think it's uh, yeah. I'm, you know, it's it's sometimes hard to explain how you know it took such a tragic experience in so many people's lives to be invested into something so meaningful like living. But then I look back and I, I don't. Want, I wouldn't go back to my old life. You know, I wouldn't go back to how I had things. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know.
0: I love to hear it's, that
1: yeah, it's really, it's a really, it's weird, it's weird feeling. Um, and again, I, I take all this back to have Dwayne back here and, and the, and the, and the people who've lost their life past Dwayne and, and everything else and all the hard stories that we hear time and time again. But you know, we can't do that. We can just keep doing what we can do and, and help other people and hopefully that helps them and lets people be involved in a community that helps serve their needs too. You know, people like being attached to it, to something that's greater than themselves. And I think that's where your your message before probably comes in with faith and all that. Not not trying to put all the pressure on yourself to come up with the answers all the time. And I think if you can if you can invest yourself into something that's greater than you as a human, you're already one step ahead of a lot of people.
0: I agree with you. Hey, where can my community find themselves involved with yours and immersed in that? I want to make sure that not only do people get the positive message from today, but they know how to reach out to to live in how to be involved in everything and all the good that you're doing, Um, whether that's you being in need of support or whether that's you being a part of that positive movement and change to help those around you. Where can they find you guys and get amongst it?
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. If people want to follow the journey and and support the cause, you can you can head to livin.org, l i b i n dot O-R-G. Uh, you, can, you can support the cause in, in a number of ways. I think probably the easiest part, and mate, I, I, I excuse myself, I should have got you some living merch before this, but um, you can buy some living merch. You can look good and do good at the same time and spread a very important message. Uh, you can reach out to us to get your work, you know, get our workshop at your school or workplace, or you can fundraise and, and be a part of the community that way, or just spread our message, um, or just see what we're up to. Check in on us; um, we're always here to help support anyone we can. Definitely, bro.
0: And hey, they can find you on social. Is it just at Sam Webb?
1: Yeah. So if they want to, if if you want to track me down, you'll 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 find me at Sam Webb, S A M W E B B, and yeah, ha- happy to happy to connect. And I just appreciate you guys. Keep keep uh, keep following the journey, keep supporting the the living movement, so to speak.
0: Bro, in my short time following you, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're doing amazing things. And I'm excited to see not only all the great you achieve um, in past and, and in the present, but what the future holds for you and, and for living as an organization. I think there's big things on the horizon and I'm excited to see that Aussie message and that Aussie spirit. Go Big over in the US. Sam Webb, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, brother. And I look forward to following on.
1: Thanks, mate. Take care. All the best with your, uh, your projects too, mate. You, you should be proud of everything that you're doing and, and the message that you're spreading throughout your own community. And I can't wait to connect with you soon and, and hopefully get you on our podcast and um, create a bigger movement together.
0: that would be an awesome pleasure, mate. I really appreciate it.